it's your boys. Welcome to the kicking spot. It's your boys. It's your boys. I'm your host, D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Why did I have a visual? I was partying to the break of dawn. How did I who recorded the video? D'Angelo. OMG. It's kind of sporadic. So, no. Okay, have a better word. Apparently, I'm eager to when I talk about myself all the time. Go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kicker Spot. I'm your host, T'Angelo. Hey, what's going on? You are listening to the best of the Kicker Spot, and I am your host, T'Angelo. Now, tonight's show, you guys, is presented by T'Angelo Live. And as we get into everything, be sure that you head over and click the like button on the radio page. Always grateful for the support. Yeah. Also, head over to T'Angelo.com and be sure to sign up for our email blast. It's the big green button. You can't miss it. Alrighty, now as we continue to hang out here at the Kicker Spot, be sure to grab your drink, maybe a bite to eat. Hell, fold clothes if you want to. But you know how we do here. We maxing and relaxing and chilling at the Kicker Spot. Hmm. You're here at the Kicker Spot, and I'm your host, D'Angelo. So, as I said, we're, we're going to talk to Jamie and John. Okay, so John and Jamie's family, like I said, in my opinion, make up the perfect model of an American family. You have John, who came to the table with three children. Jamie, who had one child before they met. Together, they have beautiful little girl, Langston. Both of them have experienced divorce. I'm sure there's been some baby mama drama. You have highs and lows of entrepreneurship, blending the two families together, and these are just a few of the experiences the Saxes had to endure during their road to success and relationship happiness. So without further ado, you guys, let's welcome John and Jamie Stacks to the Kicker Spot. <laughs> good evening. How are we doing tonight? Hello. Good mo- Good evening. <laughs> good Hi, evening, we're John. doing good. Hi. <laughs> Wonderful. Hello there. I'm uber excited to find out what I already don't what I don't know because you guys are actually doing it. I'm giving my opinions based off of pure knowledge and experience from outside. But you guys are in the glass house. Let's hear all about it. So, how are you guys doing tonight? What's going on? Anything exciting? No, actually, it's pretty a laid-back kind of evening. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing exciting. We're actually pretty laid-back for tonight, so. Okay. So, then, first question, John, I have to ask you. How do you do it? I mean, me personally, you have the five children in the home. You guys work. You have life, you know. When I have my niece and nephew for seven days, I'm thinking, send them home. Give me my life back. (laughs) I think you have the option. Um, It's just just patience and uh, uh, tuning out. (laughs) Tuning out. Is that a glass of wine I hear? Tuning out? Uh, Yeah. Clanking. <laughs> so now, when you are in, so you, so you have the beautiful family again, as I must say, may say so myself. And through all of this, there's not going to be always happy times. And so I discuss when it comes to many arguments or disagreements that one has to learn their fighting style. And you have like the warrior who likes to keep it going. You have the passive aggressive person who says everything's okay and it's not. And then you have the diplomatic person who's trying to fix everything. Jamie, which role would you say you are? 
I am all of the above. <laughs> I'm very complex. I okay. will be heard. <laughs> but um I yeah, I'm serious. I'm kind of all of the above and uh John pretty much is too, but we just have to we both find humor in life and just everyday situations and of course it did take a moment to realize that and we know each other pretty well and we know each other's mood so we know you know when to back off what buttons to not push and kind of go from there and honestly laughter really gets us through a lot of stuff <laughs> okay I know that it sounds gonna... crazy but it's serious it's very very true we just you know we crack each other up so <laughs> and just laugh at the situation. now for the listeners Amy, how long have you and john been together we have the, it will be nine years actually next week. Well, congratulations! Thank oh, you, thank you. So, John, do you think <laughs> after this nine years you're going to keep it going, or are you think about putting in your retirement papers? Oh no, I'm going to keep it going. It's well worth it. It's it's, it's been a, a hard nine years, and yet at the same time, it's been easy. You know. Um, okay. We, it, it's been a, a learning process, uh, to say the least. You know. Right. She is a challenge, and she keeps me on my toes, but she also keeps me she keeps me centered so you know she's she's my rock, and I can't really put it any other way she you know I've learned a lot about myself because of her, so okay, wow, I, like Everybody, him. I gotta keep going I know right you should marry him, Jamie. <laughs> I think I- <laughs> so now, Jamie, I mean, now, John, I see you as a cool, calm, collected guy, where I see Jamie as the dramatic, artistic diva in the house. How do you get past those moments when she wants her glam squad, when she wants, you know, pure diva all across the house? How do you do it? <laughs> I, I have to take it as it comes. It's <laughs> It depends on what else is going on. I will, you know, I have to adjust as it comes. There's no one okay. right answer to that. So sometimes so, you have other, to, other you know, bow that, down to the queen, and sometimes yeah. you just become the king and just shut it down? Yep, sometimes, but mm-hmm. not very often. I, you know, I, I prefer, um, you know, she does have to be heard. Um, that's her, you know, her style is that that way. So, you know, when she gets like that, especially like before shows, um, whenever she has her show, you know, it gets really stressful, and it's you know, it's her it's her name on the line, uh, mm-hmm. and so you know, I I got to give her her space. I got to let her do her thing and let her do what she needs to do. Because afterwards, it's all good. Oh, that's beautiful. We have to we have to get you bottled up. We can sell this on the market. <laughs> and to the listeners, um, now, just so you guys know, Jamie Ashley is the owner of the Inland Empire with a contemporary ballet company, as well. Now, is, is it two names now, Jamie, or is it just, is it just the one now? Um, yeah, it's two names. The dance studio itself is Bowen Hayes School of the Arts, and then the ballet company, the traveling ballet company, um, that is part of the dance studio is the Inland Empire Contemporary Ballet. So it's okay. housed under the same thing, but it is two different names. Okay. Now, with you being the over-the-top one and him being more cool, common collective, Jamie, do you ever find yourself at times maybe bored with John that he's just not enough excitement for you? No. <laughs> I have a very hard time getting bored with people because I find myself to be so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, 
seen the two of you together, so I already know this answer. It doesn't really happen. You guys are always no, cracking me up. He's he's actually it's it's funny because um we do compliment each other very well because we are a lot alike. I'm just more of the extrovert in your face. I always have to kind of um stop myself and it's funny because if something makes me angry, which, you know, is not really that much, I always have to stop and think, Okay, let me calm down because I do not want to hear John's mouth. <laughs> 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 okay, so he he does know how to get it together. He does know how to snatch yeah, you right does. back. And now, um, what also helps – oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. This is insightful. Okay. Um, no, what helps is because it's not a matter of um, him, per se, like bowing down to the queen or anything like that. It's that he's comfortable with being himself. He's proud of me. He encourages me. He takes pride in me and everything that I do, and he likes me for me. He lets me be me. And, um, you know, I, in return, that's the type of person that I need to be with, somebody who is strong, a strong male and, um, you know, masculine, and he's him, I'm me, and he just lets me do my thing because um he does calm me down a lot. Right, right. <laughs> and he is he is the man, and I tell him that a lot. And you know, and we have our own little thing going there, and, and it and it works. And right. I'm and very dramatic, like, so he's entertained by that. So. <laughs> it told, and it sounds like my and I said the number one key in any relationship is communication, and it seems like you guys have found that key, and you have the perfect coding to make the communication work in all arenas, it sounds like. I wouldn't say it's perfect, but we, we, yeah. we've, honed it, we've honed it down to where it's workable. <laughs> exactly. It's always a work in progress, but oh, yeah. we learn how to deal with that with each other, and instead of turning it into a big ordeal, we just kind of throw it out there, you know. And it, so now but let's, let's introduce <laughs> Let's introduce this next element of the five children. Um, oh, Lord. Three from one side, one from the other, plus the one together, and a marriage, and a company, and John is the head of the security, what is it, for Colton Unified School District. You're the head of the security department, correct? Yeah. So then you're always busy with multiple locations <laughs> yeah. out Basically. in the schools. Hemming up the children, so you got to work with the little, as I call them, rug rats, and then come home to your own few. Yeah. Do you snatch them up too? Uh, I've had have in the past, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I snatch mine up, but they they go home after a while. <laughs> so, how is it at the house with the attitudes, with the energies, with the baby versus the eldest? What would you say, Jamie? Oh, my goodness. Well, everybody just kind of does their thing, and the lady of the house is a three-year-old, and we all realize that and accept that and keep it moving. We all, but Now, that's the lady of the house. We bow down to Queen Langston, so she does her thing. It's actually um, not that complicated. It, it works for all of us. I don't know. You probably have to ask the kids. Now, that would be an interesting segment. You need to interview <laughs> the crazy children. 
my motto is, like I said, laughter gets you through everything. So in my eyes, if it can make me laugh, then, well, you won't be in trouble about it. Keep it moving. And the good thing right now is that they're, you know, the, the, they're, three of them are already teens. One of them is knocking on the door of teen. So they're kind of more independent. You know, so, okay. you know, like, she is not lying when she says that the three-year-old is running the house. Because, <laughs> you know, she requires the most attention. Right, right. That is hilarious. She demands is... the most attention. <laughs> okay, so, so now with, with all the businesses going on, we have the kids going on. How do you manage, and I'll send this one to you, Jamie, how do you manage to make time for sexual healing? There's five kids in the house. Um, we all go to bed. They go to bed, and you we go to the are. <laughs> no, everybody has their own rooms, and we just, you know, we we spend our quality time together. <laughs> so do you now? Have... So the the work schedule allow you two to meet up, like to see each other one on one, just to enjoy each other's, you know, a glass of wine, oh, to enjoy each other's conversation. Absolutely, okay. and like John was saying, you know, the older ones, they're, they're pretty independent, and even when they were younger, we have them pretty structured. Everybody has their bedtimes and kind of does their own thing, and mm-hmm. after that, it's that's when it's time for us. When we can settle down, we can Enjoy sit by other. the fireplace and have our glass of wine and converse about our days and you know, and mm-hmm. we come into our bedroom, and it's just us, and we enjoy ourselves. Um, now, right now, I caught that. So, John, <laughs> are there times when you feel neglected through all the shows, rehearsals, kids and family? Do you feel oh, that James no. gets you in the midst? Oh, no, absolutely not. It's it's nothing like that at all. Um, really? Yeah, you know, well, one thing about Jamie is that she always puts me first, which is which is Aww. something that uh, I probably am not as good at, you know. Um, but she always makes sure that she puts me first. And you know, when it is her time to shine, I like to let her shine. So when her sh- when she's doing her show stuff, she's mm-hmm. at work six, seven days a week because six of those days she's doing studio work, and on the seventh day she doesn't rest; she's doing rehearsals. You know. Mm-hmm. It, Busy, 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 busy. But I know there's a goal at the end, and I know at the end, all this hard work will will pay off and make, and, and she'll shine in the end. You know, and that's what right. I want for her. So, you know, needs needs are met. So, you know, it, it's it's good that way. You know, it's just nothing like what it seems like it is on paper with five kids yeah. and busy, busy, busy. You know, the only thing that that's odd about the or that 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 does kind of suck is that um, my job is more nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, regular day hours. Um, it may, it may go into more of the evening hours at times, but, and, and her job demands her in the afternoon, evening time, you know, so this, it, it's split a little bit, but, you know, overall it's nothing like the crazy hectic, you know, lifestyle right. that it looks like on paper. We've, yeah, we've no, I was imagining you didn't. I was imagining it was it was more like costume changes with each other, you know. Or, you know, I'm already in bed. Yeah, no, totally. He's like getting ready for work, and she's like, "Ooh, I just got in." He's like, "Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. See you later. All right. It was nice." No, <laughs> no because no. we're no, we're pretty much interested in um, 
everything that we do. I'm, I'm very interested in his job. He's very interested in mine, and um, he assists in everything that I do. He's our stage manager, and I think it's a nice break for him to get away from, you know, his environment and vice versa. I love hearing the different stories because these kids are out of control at the different high schools, right. and it's just the the stories I hear are just unbelievable. It, it's, it cracks me up. I'm just like, wow, that was okay. You need to write a book. And then the same thing with him. I'm sure he thinks the same thing, just with the different dramatic personalities and Mm-hmm, just mine mm-hmm. alone, I'm sure, entertains him. I call him at least twice a week telling him I'm having a codependent moment and he is required to have lunch with me immediately. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so, now, now, Jamie, now, because I hear it, it seems like a, a more orchestrated, you know, a more well-orchestrated uh, kind of design you guys have. But through all that, Jamie, do you ever feel like you want to just turn the mommy hat off yeah, and that's when mommy pours a glass of wine and they enjoy themselves and spend time with their daddy. <laughs> but honestly, the mommy the mommy hat constantly stays on, and of course everybody kind of needs a break, but I like being with the kids a lot. I like being with my husband. I like us being together as a family. You just got to kind of separate everything, and everybody, you know, needs to take a break from something. A lot of people are scared to say that, you know, your kids are getting on your nerves or you need a break, that's like the taboo. But for me, I'll even tell the kids, I'm like, oh, my goodness, go in the other room, you guys, please. I do not want to hear it. I <laughs> just want to mm-hmm. take out. And the same thing even with John because, you know, a lot of times you need your space and just your me time. And um, I'm fortunate enough to where if I'm having a bad day, I can call and talk to my mate about it. And a lot of times I'll come home and I'll have – a bubble bath and a glass of wine and some of my favorite magazines waiting for me. And oh, wow. Just, yeah, so, you know, now, we kind of pick up on those signs or I'll, you know, I'll have a sitter or I'll have my mom or someone watch the kids. And when he comes home, I'm like, okay, come on, we're going to go out. and Or, you know, we'll just stay in and just, you know, that one-on-one time, we can pretty much read each other pretty well, whether we need our space or we just need to be together or have family time or something. So right, right. It, everything kind okay. of balances itself out. You know, we got a good thing going here. Oh, hey, by so, the way, we're at a bubble bath. <laughs> <laughs> While we're discussing it. Yeah. So, so, I'll get no, right just, on that. <laughs> No, John. You know, for the gentleman, a lot of uh, a lot of it's seen as you know, physication, the physicalities of things. When you first started dating Jamie, how did you approach showing her and teaching her how to please you? Wow. <laughs> I know. I'm covering this next week. I need the insight for my show. Please me in what way? Sexually. <laughs> oh, I didn't need to. I didn't need to teach her any. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there was like, okay, okay, listen, Jamie, I'm sure you, you know, you're great, I'm sure, all right? But there wasn't a few techniques you had to help alter or introduce to the situation? Nope. <laughs> I, will, I, I will say that there was some minor communication, but it wasn't necessarily required. <laughs> Other than, yes, continue doing that, continue doing that. <laughs> no, don't stop. No, don't stop. 
Exactly. And that comes back to communication. That's the, it's, and this is an honest thing, though, but seriously, communication is key because as long as you say what you do or do not like, we know that about each other. So, GT, I know. think she's trying to change the subject. <laughs> I'm trying to change the subject. I'm being serious. It's not the truth of communication. If you just tell someone, nobody, you know, when you're, my well, theory is if you're that close with someone, you should be able to tell them what you do and do not like or prefer. And I agree. And that was one of the segments I did. I did a, one of those shows where I talked about sex communication. You have to discuss what you do and don't like and what is and isn't working. Because yeah. they might think that the trapeze was the best part of all, and you're like, no, it was a feather. <laughs> Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, or the Superman or something like that, yeah. Now, I have one recently. All right. Wait, that man, is that a costume? What is this? To answer the the question, though, yeah, the the communication, um, it it takes place, it has to take place, whether it's before, during, or after, as long as it's done. And and, uh, like I said, Jamie Jamie has actually helped me, and not just in that, in this regard, but in in all areas of of myself and my relationship with her, and vice versa, it's it's been through that communication, you know. So and now, and one question I'll ask, and I'll, I'm going off this, but one person stated to me that you don't have to have a sit down conversation like a whole hour long thing. It should be kind of just a by the way or during it you mention it. Yeah. Again, yeah, you agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a touch. It doesn't have to be anything said, you know. Okay. Right. You guys heard it. You heard it right there because I'm telling you, I was going to take some notes and come down and have a meeting at 3 o'clock. You guys, we're having a meeting. Um, let's come to order. Last week you did this one gesture I thought was utterly horrible. No, see, that's when you just, you don't have to do all of that. That's when things turn into an issue. And if you just keep things light and just say what it is at the moment, it can't be any more than what it is, can't be any more or any less, and there you go. And that's for all aspects. And on the end of that, once it's said, you can't get all butthurt because you were told something. Right. Right. You know, that's that's the biggest thing is you have to learn to just respect what that person is saying. Right. You guys so are currently sitting here talking that. with. Oh, sorry. We're currently sitting here talking with John and Jamie Sachs, who are helping giving us great insight on the inside of a working relationship. John, who is the head of Colton University School District Security Department, and Jamie, who is the owner and founder and beautiful ballet choreographer of the Inland, Inland Empire Contemporary Ballet Company and the Bowman Hanks School of Performing Arts. If you guys want more information on them, you can go to danceie.com. Again, that's danceie.com. Okay, John, you were saying before I really interrupted. Oh, that's okay. No, I was just I was just adding on to the to the the um the respect issue. So if, if someone's telling you, um, uh, no, I don't like it when you do that, but you continue doing it anyway because that's what you want to do, that's that showing that <laughs> respect. And, or you just get all butthurt and say, well, fine, I'm not going to do it at all and just roll over. Right. You know, that's that's where I was saying. That's saying, me. You know, I it's, it's about from. respecting that. And, and Yeah, exactly. I do. I can't lie. Okay, so speaking of respect, <laughs> I mentioned baby mama drama earlier. Have you guys experienced this? Uh, <laughs> yes, <means> hell, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> so for again, this is so far away from me. 
how, Jamie, I guess for you first off, because I guess it seems to be maybe more awkward for your role, I guess, how do you, how do you handle it? Um, I have to take deep breaths and realize that it is what it is and kind of move forward and try and stay positive. Then to John, obviously, because he's my best friend and, you know, but I also have to look at the situation. I have um, a very different outlook on the whole blended family thing, and I, I, I'm very different. And um, something that I strongly feel is you have to be overly nice to the other person because this person is in a very bad position as far as your children are going to be with a new woman or a new man half mm-hmm. the time full-time, partial, you know, whatever the case may be. So you have to start out by um, making that person comfortable, throwing it in their lap. And a lot of times people aren't, yeah, and a lot of times people aren't there mentally or um, have the maturity to handle that as opposed to just looking at it um, like, you know, I'm fortunate that my children are going to be around a stepmom or stepdad who cares about them, loves them, and will treat them with respect. Here's so many horrible stories. So it, you just have to roll with the punches. It's very, it's very, very hard, and especially as a woman and a mother, I understand the whole mama bear concept. But um, one of the best things after, actually that happened after my divorce was when my ex-husband remarried and my daughter liked her. That made me feel so comfortable because it's like, oh, okay, good. I don't have mm-hmm. any issues as far as, oh, she's not a better mom than me. You know, I, I don't have any of that. I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am, and I have a good thing going with my daughter. So you just got to kind of be the bigger person, which is very hard to do at times, but you also have to be understanding of the situation. You guys heard it right there. That's definitely a new outlook on it. I'm going to have to cover that again in a couple of weeks because I didn't even know. <laughs> I really, for me, I was thinking to just shut the hell up. Like, just give the the, the stare. I'm going to be quiet and just stare. No, <laughs> see, just and it stare. doesn't even need, but you have to look at it also, um, you know, no matter how bad the other person is or portrays themselves to be, you are projecting that. I right, can't, yeah. you know, Outside, only thing anybody could say is, oh, my God, Tiangelo is so nice and polite. Yeah, but I hate him and blah, blah, blah. Why? You look like the idiot, not you. Right. Be genuine. There should be no hostility there unless, of course, there you know, there'll be words here and there. But even then, you have to kind of step back. And women, we really need to be more secure in our relationships with our men. You can't. You have to also respect a man that treats his ex wife, girlfriend, baby mama, whatever the case may be, with Mm -hmm. respect. And that's another thing that took some time because, you know, there's a lot of frustrating things that go on and happen day to day. And it used to kind of annoy me like, oh, but that's one of the reasons why I love John so much is because he is very respectful. And that made me respect him even more Right. how much respect that he has for the mother of his children, someone that he spent many years being married to and decided to, you know, create a family with. You have to be respectful of that. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
Well, you guys, this has been very insightful. I have learned many more tools to help me move forward with relationship topics. You guys have touched on a lot that I've done on the show, and this is great and awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys for hanging out here at the Kick It Spot for just a spell. Thank and you for having for us. Having I enjoyed myself. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jamie. And um, until next time, you guys will continue to enjoy your quiet evening at home. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much, you and so everybody much. out in. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, everybody out in the listening world, please stop by and like the Inland Empire Contemporary Ballet's Facebook page. We want all of the likes. And thank you, T, for having us. This has been a wonderful time. And anytime, we'd love to come back. Why? Thank you. And until next time, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, too, John. All right. No problem. Thank you for having us. No problem. You guys, we just finished talking with John and Jamie Sachs, who was a beautiful couple just giving us insight on the working world of being in a married relationship. Um, Jamie is the owner of Bowen Hayes School of the Arts, so for more information, go to danceie.com. You guys, we are going to take a quick break, but we are getting ready to hang out with Laura Canry, excuse me, Laura Canry, the author of Happy Sexy Money. All right, you guys, so stick around. Hey, you guys, have you seen the kicking spot? I mean, I'm trying to find the kicking spot. I can't get in? What do you mean I can't get in? I'm Tiangelo. I'm the host. The kicking spot. When you are looking for the latest, the freshest, and the biggest stories in Hollywood, EOTM Blog is a site to visit. But there's also a clip of me on the red carpet when I call one of the the wrong name. If you know who you are, my bad. Um, it was my birth. Because, sorry. The kick is fine. 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 The kick is and I'm your host, D'Angelo. The next best thing to reading is talking about it. D'AngeloLive.com Celebrities, book authors. Self-help. Celebrity tell-all. Memoir. Celebrity biography. Sports figures. Live one book. Yo, 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 what's going oh what's going on everybody? This is your host Tiangelo and we are here with Tiangelo Live Form Books where we are going to be graced with the presence of Marla Martinson. And I'm very excited because when we launched the new Tiangelo Live Form Books featuring celebrity books, we never knew know who all is going to be on the show. And when I found Marla Martinson's book, I had read it because one of my friends gave it to me. I became intrigued and reached out to her and she accepted my invitation. Awesome. So we'll be talking to her tonight. And definitely, you guys, be sure to continue to follow Tangible Live on Books. As last week, we spoke with Eric LaSalle, who is an actor most probably known from his um, character on the medical drama ER. And next week, we'll be, we will be visited by Babylon's Five leading lady, Claudia Christian. Okay? But for tonight, we will be chatting with Marlon Martinson, author of Diaries of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker. So without further ado, let's welcome Marla to Tangelo Live on Books. 
Good evening, Marla. How are you doing tonight? Angelo, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, first, let me say thank you so much for coming out and hanging out here with me. Oh, my pleasure. This is uh, high excitement for me this evening. Oh, wonderful. To me as well, because, of course, the topics of love, soulmates, and connection is so popular. I do a little segment every week on my show, but now that I have you, we can get clarity that you are, like you know, you are, this is what you do for a living, your profession. Yeah, profession. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited. I have, like, all your books sitting right here next to me, too, so I can uh, make sure. <laughs> wonderful, I wonderful. I have my notes and all going on, so... We are excited for the evening, and um, listeners, be sure to call in if you have questions to speak with Marla directly at 718-664-6543. So, uh, the first question that people kept asking me is, Tangelo, how do you find a matchmaker? Like, what do you mean she's a matchmaker? What, what, how, do you, how do you become a matchmaker? <laughs> well, I didn't go to college to learn how to be a matchmaker, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I didn't get that class. I didn't get that class. I didn't take that class. It was on the job training. I tell you, I, I ten years ago, I was still uh, an actress slash waitress. Well, okay. maybe now actually twelve years ago. The years are oh, flying yeah. by. <laughs> and I and I just was sick of the restaurant scene. I'd been in it so long, and I was you know doing TV commercials and little parts here and there, and doing mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. print work modeling. And I said, I am not going to be a forty year old waitress. That is it. And uh, my now husband had a friend who was taking over the management position at a video dating service called Great Expectations. And okay. she hired me, and I was a videographer and took a part-time job. I could still go on my auditions. And I felt like I was a movie produce- director or something with the camera, t- you know, asking these singles what they're looking for in a man, what they're looking for in a woman. And I just enjoyed it so much. And then from there, I ended up at a high-level Beverly Hills matchmaking firm I was there seven years, and then a little over three years ago, I went out on my own. And oh. so the rest is history. <laughs> and so with all that, what? why did you stick with it? You know, it's such a peculiar industry. What made you just say, I'm going to stay in this? Well, I stuck with it because I, well, well, number one, I enjoyed it. I was making a good, and I was making a good living. I could pay my bills. And okay. I loved well, I love, you know, and I loved the people. I'm a people person, and it was so fascinating to me. I got to meet so many different kinds of people. I got to right. make a difference in their lives because I did have a lot of marriages, a lot of people engaged or in relationships. That was very rewarding. And uh, I got, I started writing books. I, I couldn't get the, leave the creativity because I had to give up the acting at the time to go full time into the matchmaking. But I still okay. wanted to be creative, so I started writing books. So I got to do that as well. So it's it's afforded me, you know, a, a lot of wonderful things in my life. And was writing something you had thought about doing before, or did it kind of just fall into your lap as well? I always wanted to be a writer since I was in the third grade. I Since oh. I was a very little girl, my parents started reading me books, I mean, before I could even talk. And I loved books. Books were my life, I'd, and I'd write poetry and short stories. And, mm. oh, even now I'm reading always about three or four books at a time. And I always wanted to write. But back then, you know, then when I was in my teens and 20s, we didn't have computers back then. We didn't have Word, <laughs> Word or, you know, 
um, so I had was trying to pick it out on a regular old typewriter with with um, that uh, whiteout, you know. And oh <laughs> wow, yes, and a liquid whiteout. Yeah, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, and and then once I got a computer, you know, in the early about ten years ago, and and I thought, well, I can do this, and then my actually, it's funny because. Even though always in the back of my mind I wanted to write, but I didn't have the confidence. I thought, who's mm-hmm. going to read what I'm going to write? What can I really say? Um, my husband walked up to me. He ne- he never knew that I wanted to write. All he knew about was my acting uh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. He walks up to me uh, probably in 2005 or something, and he says, uh, God told me to tell you to write. And mm. he said, excuse me? <laughs> what? And he said, yeah. He says, forget about the acting. Uh, you, God said to tell me, for me to tell you to write. And I said, but I don't want to forget about the acting. He says, listen, I got the message. You better follow up on it. Right, right. <laughs> and that was really unbelievable. I said, how how could you, you didn't even know about me, my interest in writing. That's how the Lord works. That's what, that's what he do. He know what he's doing. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> I followed up on it. <laughs> and voila. And four books well, later, you know, I I, right. I I really have fun with it. I really enjoy it. Well, you pat your husband on the back for me because I know I'm sitting here with the work, you know, with the, excuse me, my, your soulmate is waiting because I have the workbook with all, you got to fill in, you know, the little blank mm-hmm. lines and everything. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that for a second here. To the listeners who don't have it, I'm holding in my hand, excuse me, your soulmate is waiting. Name what you want, feel what you want, and allow it to happen. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> this is a book about the law of attraction and attracting anything you want in your life, including your soulmate. And okay. it came from, if anybody's heard of that book by Lynn Grabhorn, Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting, uh, which mm-hmm. is a New York Times bestseller, very popular book uh, right. through Hampton Roads Publishing. And Lynn passed away, gosh, I don't know if it was 2004 or something. And her book was so popular that Hampton Roads decided to do an Excuse Me series based on okay. her book. And so there are a few few Excuse Me books, and I had the privilege of doing the dating uh, relationship book in the Excuse Me series. And so that's what, yeah, that's what this is about, and it's a lot of fun. I use humor in all my books and, right. and uh, it teaches you how to, how to do that. So. It has definitely been a, like, it is a fun read. It's, it's really fun, and it's really easy to apply it. Like, you can apply this, and as you're reading it, you're thinking, ooh, this is me. Oh, did I do that? Oh, I met that person. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, okay, yeah, I did this. I did this. <laughs> well, it was, it was. I'll tell you how it does work because it was magical. I had a friend, a colleague, a coworker had given me the book by Lynn Grabhorn, Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. Mm-hmm. And I just and had studied the law of attraction. I already, you know, had read a lot of books, but something about that book just just grabbed it. It was so easy, and the way she wrote, and like you said, the exercises and the things to do were so mm-hmm. much fun and so easy. And I started carrying that book around in my purse. I was doing, you know, the exercises, the affirmations, and it was very shortly after that that I was at a conference, and the the publisher of Hampton Roads got up and spoke and said that he had that one of their books was Excuse Me, Your Life Is Waiting by Lynn Grabhorn. Then I w- he came down and said, Oh my God, that's my favorite book. I carry that book around. My agent was standing next to me, and he said, Jack, Marla should do the relationship, the dating book for that series that you're doing. He knew about it. And I got to do it. It was, it was <laughs> And a good, a good idea it was. 
Yeah, so, you get a phenomenal so it job. works. These things work. <laughs> right. And one of my favorite sections, because I'm a major uh, believer in people not being victims, and you have the section that says, victims no more. Yeah. And yeah, just, in d- dating and relationships we do. A lot of times we'll blame the other person, you know, they were a jerk, or they, you know, blame them for things not working out. Um, and often over and over when, you know, it's our choice to date this person to continue to be with this person, even sometimes marry this person. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's we've got to realize our role in it. Right, and uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a believer of that as well. You have to look at yourself also. Well, Marla, we do have a caller here on the line, and um, we want to go ahead and see um, who we have. We have Kennedy on the line, so let's go ahead and take Kennedy. Kennedy, say hello to Marla. Kennedy. Hi, hey Marla. Hi, Kennedy. Hey, how's it going? Great. Hey, how Thanks are you? for calling. Ah, uh, no problem. Thanks for uh, writing the books. So I was uh, advised by one of my friends to call in and listen to the show and um, talk to you about um, getting some relationship advice. Yeah. Okay. So I woke up one morning and realized I was thirty with the career, <laughs> with the house, all the perks and everything, but I was single. Right. I spent way too many years in a relationship I shouldn't have been in and um, went on the dating spree. I've tried every kind of dating you could imagine, uh, Internet dating, friend hookups, blind dates, etc. Mm-hmm. Nothing pans out. So what I'm hearing, doing a little self-inventory, is people are intimidated by me. People are... Um, people state that I have an air about myself, mm-hmm. and I find myself to be complete opposite. I'm quite shy, bashful, and uh, a little open. So mm-hmm. how does one go forward with trying to date and have luck in dating when there's that huge disconnect? Well, that's interesting. May, are, now, are you still 30? Yes. <laughs> okay. yeah, I didn't know if this was when you, you know, if you were 30 and you've been dating for a while or what. So you're still young. I mean, that's great that you've got the career in the house and that you're all set. I love that because I like people to encourage people to know who they are and, and you know, do some self-exploration and get their career all set before they right. get married. So when people get married too young, that's when we have a lot of d- divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's great. And it's interesting how the feedback you're getting uh, is that people think you have an air about you. I've had, uh, you know, feedback about me too, which, you know, you're like, what? You know, it is, I remember one guy that I dated, he, um, when I first met him, I was so nice and I was so friendly. And actually his mother was, I was waiting tables at the time and, and was friendly to the whole table. And the mother invited me to their house for lunch and she loved me. And I said later after we started dating, I said, what would you think about me the first time you saw me that you met me? And he says, oh, I thought you looked like a bitch. <laughs> and I was like, "What?" But she didn't hold back. So that yeah. was the, the guy that I was dating. And so it's interesting how you know we we see ourselves a whole different way than sometimes people might see. Maybe they're taking your shyness for, uh, you know, being stuck up or something. Right, right. Yeah, and that's that. Yeah. That's now, are you thing. smiling? I mean. Uh, Smiling at people, maybe take try to work on 
um, these little steps in just opening up a little bit, smiling, starting some conversation, listening to the other person? Good advice. I'll definitely start looking at you got, you got you definitely have to have that smile going because I know people. Uh, my my younger sister actually has a kind of rigid face, and yeah. her sitting face just isn't welcoming. And you're like, one day she saw a picture of herself, and she was like, I wonder why I'm mad in that picture. And I was like, You're not mad. You always look like that. Right. She was like, really? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> now, when you're when you're on a date, what's the basic scenario? Do you does the other person do most of the talking? Do you do most of the talking? How how is it normally? Usually once there's an icebreaker, I'm usually pretty open from that point. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, going into it, I think on both ends, there's uh, nervousness. Uh, But once the ice is broken, you know, I'm good. I I engage in conversation. I laugh. They laugh back. Um, It seems to be quite fun. Um, But I think the biggest problem is getting to the actual date. You know, when people first meet me, um, from what I hear, the feedback that I'm getting is that – I'm intimidating and I'm, I seem unapproachable or that I have an air about myself. Uh-huh. Now, those closest to me say that the air is just my natural who I am. I'm a strong, I'm a confident person, and that's just who I am. So that can be perceived in many different ways. Right. But it, Question, you know, people, where are you from? Where are you calling from? Uh, California, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So Los Angeles has an air about them all together. So do you, do, you, do you have some of the Hollywood air? Let's ask that question. Do you have a little bit of that, you know, you have arrived air about you? I, I don't know what the I've arrived air is. What, what, okay. do you do for, what do you do for a living? Um, I'm a real estate and corporate and underwriting and investment manager for a, a big mortgage company here in the country. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I might just suggest maybe try to focus on the other person and really, you know, ask them questions and get interested in them a little bit more maybe. And uh, they'll be they, – people love to talk about themselves. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> I have one more Especially question Especially in Los Angeles, too. right? Right, right, right. So I have, I have one more question, and I'll let you go, which is this intimidation that they're feeling or seeing – Within yourself, why are people, I mean, are you intimidating? Like, are you a big guy? Are you, why are you so intimidating? You know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm not a big guy. I'm a smaller framed guy. Uh, the intimidation comes um, just by me being who I am. I guess I'm, I come off as I'm not needy or I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm careered. I'm, you know, so and those aren't things that I go into a day talking about. But you know, once we've established a relationship or rapport, you know, they, they know that I'm careered. I'm, um, you know, I'm on a great track in life, things like that. And that can sometimes come up where people think that maybe I think I'm better, or um, what I tend to think is that you know it's insecurity on their own end to where mm-hmm. they feel as if they can't compete with me or they can't match up to my my level, which I'm not looking for them to do, but I don't know. It, it, well, that's it's interesting crazy. because women that I work with and match up, they love successful guys. I mean, that's all they want to meet. <laughs> so, yeah. not, you know. I'm going to say thank you, Kenny, for calling, but I think, that, um, Marla, that is a very, that's a serious regular issue that people have is that success factor. When you are, especially young and successful, you're 30 years old with the house, the car, the job, 
And now I, what I do there is I call dating someone in your own tax bracket. At 30, is it possible for Kennedy to find someone in his tax bracket? In the tax bracket? Yeah, because I would have seen, but you know, when you get to a certain level of financial success, you know, he has the house. You imagine he must be okay financially. Right. And so that's where a lot of people, I just, I just say tax bracket just to leave it, you know, nice, yeah. not to say you have less or more. Just yeah. a different bracket. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah, and, and maybe you need to be dating some older women. How? What are the age range of these women you're dating? Um, he's 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 gone now. He's left. Oh, he's now, gone. But that's, Maybe yeah. he's dating too young, you know. Um, so he might want pop tarts. See, yeah, you can't date the pop tarts. <laughs> he might be robbing the cradle. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, we have another caller. Before I text, I want to ask a question though, Marla. With your experience with L.A. Um, matchmaking in a city where looks and money is everything, how ha- is it? Is, do people have realistic expectations? Well, that is the biggest challenge for the matchmakers in Los Angeles. I have some uh, friends who are also matchmakers. We, you know, we meet each other and we collaborate and and we say, you know, the the biggest challenge for us is is people's unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the men they want a supermodel and the women they want George Clooney with the private jet, you know, and. And I have had women in the past say that they would only date a man who had a private jet. They had had a boyfriend prior that had had a private jet. <laughs> now I'm just boiled and I can't fly coach. <laughs> I, I can't fly commercial. Okay. Oh, I just can't. Just couldn't. I just if he can't. loves me, he'll have a private <laughs> jet. If he loves me. <laughs> okay, okay. So... All right, well, we have another caller, so let's go ahead and uh, take our next caller. Um, We have Kristen on the line. Kristen, welcome to Tiago Live on Books. We're here with Marla Martinson. Good evening. Hi, I'm so excited. Hi, Marla. Hi, Kristen. Thanks for calling. Well, um, I don't know if you remember me, but I met you a while ago at Agape. um, Oh, in line? Yes, in line, and I stalked you to take a picture, and I had your book (laughs) with me. Oh, yeah, great to talk to you. Oh, I love you so much, and I really, I do the exercises, and it's, it's, it's you know, of course, I, I try to practice, like, you know, Agapian principles, and I'm finding myself um, in a situation, and so I'm digging a little deeper, and I'm realizing that, you know, the first man that I learned to love, of course, clearly was my father, Yeah, and I have a great relationship with my dad. We're like really good friends, and um, I find myself in situations where I become really good friends with these guys, and I'm like their confidant, and we talk about everything, and we're really good friends, and then we start to hook up, and then there's, and then it's just, and then that's the story, mm. and so I find myself not feeling my worth, not feeling special enough to be that lady or mm-hmm. um, worthy enough. So I've been working on trying to dig deeper and find my worth, and I'm finding it. And it's not just relationships. It's with, like, my prosperity, like, even, like, asking for, like, raises at work or, you know. And so I'm just I, – I find myself being a very open and loving person and wanting to share my life with a partner but how do I honor myself and get deep inside of, like, honoring how or finding my worth, you know? 
Right. That and and it's very interesting because many times uh women the reason we pick the wrong guys it's because of our self-esteem which we might not realize I never knew I had low self-esteem but I I did in my 20s and and even 30s and mm. I'd pick the bad boys and I'd always <laughs> get hurt I'd always get used I'd always be treated badly and then I it seems like I'd come back for more you know it was it was yeah. very interesting and and I I know a a woman who uh, all her life she's kept herself in in deep credit card debt and it's very interesting because she has to work she works in the restaurant industry and she works and works and uh double shifts and everything to pay off these bills that she would just keep getting once they get paid off she'd just get back right back into debt and when i had to talk with her about it um she had been to a therapist and everything and she said well it's because i don't feel that i deserve to to be mm-hmm. out of debt so it was subconsciously she was punishing herself um, mm. with not feeling worthy and sometimes we don't even realize it so that the fact that you're you're working on it and you're realizing that that this has been a pattern is great and uh you just have to work on loving yourself and also when you're in these uh situations where you make friends with these guys and then you you've got to know what's is, is it just you just falling into bed with them at one point or are you you know talking about you know well, we're, are we really interested in getting in a relationship together mm-hmm. finding out what their finding out what their um real true feelings are and intentions are yeah okay i think i think that i've uh, built up um a place where I'm not wanting to be, you know, that needy, clingy girl. So I pretend that I'm not as vulnerable as I want to be, and then I think that doesn't serve me at all. <laughs> right, and we and being vulnerable is okay. I mean, we want we don't want to put get this tough shell where we're just tough and and nothing can penetrate. But um, being happy with ourselves, just working on our when when you're happy with yourself, like I when I was. Um, Moved back here from Chicago. I was single. I'd been uh, single for five years after my divorce, and I was dating. And my last boyfriend had just dumped me, and and uh, my father had passed away. And you know, I had to give up my job and move. I mean, everything was like shifting, and everything was kind of falling away. And I thought, you know what? And I'd gone on a few internet dates, and they were just, you know, not good. And I said, I don't care if I maybe I'll never get married again maybe I'll never be with somebody again but I'm going to work on myself that's when I started going to agape this was like back in 2001 um started meditating every day started working on myself working on my career and I met my husband within 2 months hmm wow because because I shifted um the thought of is the right person coming along and what if he mm. doesn't and will he call and and shifted that to working on myself and and knowing that it's I'm okay uh, with if if somebody never does come into my life, and that's when you're okay with it, um, uh, that that's when things come into your life. That is a great point, and like you said, it's really about shifting that focus. And I, people don't even sometimes catch that that they think the negative thoughts. You're always looking for something bad to happen, and it always happens because that's where you're looking. You miss the good because you're looking for the bad. Right, and it's like I think there's a. Um, uh, chapter in, in Excuse Me, Your Soulmate is Waiting. Uh, look, attract, uh, let's see, what is it? Att- looking is 
the equivalent of losing or something. When you're always looking for something and you're always looking for something outside yourself, it's it's kind of a desperation that you're putting out to the universe. Even if you don't feel like, well, I'm not desperate, it's it's kind of it kind of is, you looking. know. Yeah, you're when looking. you're searching, searching, and and uh, you know, like when the girls will go out to bars and oh, looking around, their heads spinning around for at every person that comes in the door. Is that my soulmate? You know, Here is that is. my future Stop husband? Stop searching and start attracting. Oh, stop searching and start attracting. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Kristen, for calling in. Great question. Thank you there. Thank so you. With, with um with all the great books, you guys have to go to tangelolive.com where you can order your, your your copies of these books, and they are definitely great reads and a lot of fun. That's, what I will say, Marvel, what was really good about the reads is that they were fun. It wasn't like you felt like a textbook, you know, science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was very relatable and applicable, and that's where I can honestly say I've gotten stuck with the book in my hand, like, oh, because like it's very relatable. I felt like I either I saw myself or things I wanted to apply to myself, or I was like, oh, I know this person. I dated this person, or I saw this person, which is right. pretty awesome. So now a question, if people want more information or to get more questions from you, Marla, how do they reach out to you? Do you still do matchmaking? Yes, yes, I still do matchmaking. I do some coaching and, and uh, speaking and all that. So they can go to my website, marlamartinson.com, M-A-R-L-A-M-A-R-T-E-N-S-O-N.com, and everything's on there, uh, including links to my Cupid for Hire website, which is the matchmaking website. But, but marlamartinson.com has all the information there. Okay, well, you de- you guys definitely head over to marlamartinson.com because what she has shared with us this evening is just, a minute piece of knowledge that you have inside of you. I probably should, like, stand next to you and learn through osmosis and touch <laughs> shoulders or something. <laughs> I'd be happy to. <laughs> awesome. Well, Marla, everyone, make sure you go to marlamartinson.com. Marla, thank you so much for hanging out here at Tiangelo Live One Books. It's truly been a treat. Thanks, Tiangelo. Have a great night. To you as well. Thank you again. You guys, we just been talking to Marla Martinson, Beverly Hills Matchmaker. Be sure to head over to TangeloLive.com to order your copies of Excuse Me, Your Soulmate is Waiting, or Diaries of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker. We are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Hot night wind was blowing Where you think you're going, baby? 
Live from West Hollywood, California, the 2013 EOTM Awards, Sunday, August 4th at the beautiful Pacific Design Center, red carpet and celebrity-studded awards show, highlighting all things entrepreneurship. Nominees and presenters scheduled to attend, Bruce Valanche, Farrah Abraham, Tammy Roman, Jake Short, Carlin Jeffrey, Adam Barter, Matt Martin, Eric Zuli, Latoya Luckett, Jasmine Brand, Christian Keys, Mary Marrow, Vincent Ward, Josh Feldman, CeCe Perkinson, Cynthia Manley, Fawn, Chili Moe, Mimi Foss, Donley Heising, Jared Masters, Macy Bookout, Barbara Niven, and many more to be confirmed. Performances by Billy Lord, Adam Barter, Chioki Damachi, Leon, Ron Anthony with Don Cannon, and more. Win tickets by tweeting hashtag EOTM Awards, hashtag Think Entrepreneurship. Visit www.eotmawards.com, www.eotmawards.com for more info. currently chilling here at the Kicker Spot, and I'm your host, T'Angelo. And now we are gearing up to do a segment we call Salute to Heroes, where we just allow our guests and ourselves to just give a thank you to the service men and women who sacrifice and do so much for the freedoms that we get to exercise today. So, with that being said, I get the opportunity to introduce to you Andrea Adams Miller, who is going to help us in fulfilling some of our own desires when it comes to a fulfilling relationship and our own sexuality. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's welcome Andrea Adams Miller to the Kicker Spot. Good evening, Andrea. How are you doing this evening? Tangelo, I am absolutely fabulous. I'm so excited to be on with you and your fabulous energy. Why, thank you, and I love your energy as well. We definitely both live life to the fullest. I can feel it. I can feel it. I think so. And, you know, it's so fun. I'm so excited to be on the Salute to Heroes because, you know, I have a background in law enforcement, and I have a lot of clients who are military folks, and I respect them so much. And I totally get that when they're in these crazy relationships, like long-distance relationships, how they really Mm -hmm. need a little extra punch in there so that they can have their life be more fulfilling and more sexy and more fun, especially when all the challenges of taking on the stresses of our country. Right. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I, I can't even imagine. Just being – the distance is one thing, but then the stress of the work environment, uh, I, I know it's a lot. I, I just – I couldn't. 
would yeah, definitely. I, I totally respect them as well. It's really challenging. A lot of the things that I hear the most is, you know, how do we keep our relationship, you know, sexy and fun, you know, with my partner, you know, either if they're just away at boot camp or they're at another training or they're actually mm-hmm. deployed for like a whole year. How do, how do I show them that I love them and that I think they're sexy and that, you know, and, 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 Luckily, nowadays with technology, they get a little bit of opportunity to connect with each other online. Of course, right. it's not always a, a lone setting, and so that can be a little challenging. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you're the bearings, you don't want to have the phone screen glowing and this extra stuff going on the screen. Yeah, that could be a uh, that could be a little little abstract. Yeah, a little embarrassing for maybe some of the people as well. <laughs> like, I've got a problem, personal problem. I need a little few minutes in the bathroom, please. <laughs> you know, right. Yes. Uh, but the reality is, if that happens, and I'm sure they all talk about it, I'm sure that's something that's actually quite normal <laughs> for them to right, go, I'm excuse sh- me, i got to go. I'm not going off here for a moment. I've got a little bit of personal stress. Hey, that I need hey. To handle. Quality time with <laughs> so, self. Well, part of their relationships are 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 similar to a lot of uh, you know everybody who you know the partner's away on a trip on a vacation you know uh, certainly they don't have the added stress of necessarily of their partner you know being at war or in in a place that's uh, very scary for them but they do have the distance issues and so some of the fun things that you can do for distance is you know certainly is being able to find secret codes to be able to say sexual messages to each other that other people don't recognize or notice. So uh, let's say um, you, uh, you know, say, you know what, you know, it's, I'm just like super hungry for tacos. (laughs) And that might have some special meaning for a little bit of sex (laughs) fun or play. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) okay. Uh, Or whatever your favorite thing is. Or you could say, you know what, I just was remembering that night we took that great hike, you know, in the countryside. And and maybe a hike in the countryside means something different other than a hike in the countryside. So I guess now I know what was going on when my father told my mother he wanted some brown sugar cookies. (laughs) Didn't know that. Didn't know that. <laughs> and, and, and now you know. Now you know not to go. Mm, can I have one of those? <laughs> yes. Right. right. <laughs> and so, just that in itself can be, you know, very fun because that person knows that you're thinking of them, that you love them, that that's something special, and that's very, very fun. And one of the things that's great too is that when you are together, it's very difficult for the person who's home. All of a sudden, it's like the strangers moving in, and like the person who's coming home is like, woohoo, I'm home. Let's have sex. Right. And, it, and, and it's kind of awkward. It's kind of like a house guest who's like coming for the weekend, literally, <laughs> who wants wow. to come into your bedroom and and be with you. And it's a little strange sometimes because I didn't even think although, about it that way. Yeah, although you're excited to see them, you know, you 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 almost like need them to reintroduce themselves and right. and, and and almost date them first before you get to that. And so. Uh, it's it's really great for couples to have that opportunity to talk. Sometimes, you know, one partner will say, and this can be male or female because everybody's sexual interests are different. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's best to maybe go ahead and, and have intimacy right away so that thrill and excitement is is appeased and then right. and then have the connection and the intimacy and the whatever because, you know, that person's dying to see you and, and and misses you and wants to be held and loved and caressed and wanted and adored because 
they have been gone from the world sometimes, and, and yeah. they need that. And so trying to come to that, you know, circumstance, and when you mentioned that about fighting earlier, um, what your style of fighting is, what's really funny is you think this, you know, hey, we're only home for a furlough, you know, let's have right. this great time together. Lots of times people, like, save that all up, and now they want to fight now that they're in person. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, that would seem like a waste of time. Uh, sure it does, but they don't want to upset their partner while their partner's away. You know, they don't, they've okay. been holding it all in. You know, <laughs> what did you say? The person who's smiling and says everything's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's me. And, that's totally and then they me. come home and they're like, oh yeah, before we start having sex, I got to tell you about this, this, and this, and this, and and now things have just totally changed. So next week when they find out how to deal with that, then <laughs> that'll help them a lot. Well, so, I'm, yeah, I'm other... definitely sure there's going to be some – I know there's going to be great tips in there that people can utilize. But um, I have a question that we had actually presented sure. on Facebook. Um, one person asked the question, if um, – ask, if sex on the – how does it work? What's that, fam? Um, is sex on the first date a healthy way to determine if you're really interested in going any further? Well, at that point, you've already gone as far as you can, so there's no nothing exciting <laughs> to wait for. <laughs> you're, you're pretty much like, nah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really up to each individual person. I know some people in society would be like, oh, my gosh, Andrea, I can't believe you just said that that could actually be an okay thing to have sex on the first date. And other people are like, why am I waiting? I have an opportunity. This person wants me. I want them. What are we right. waiting for? And my only suggestion is it's kind of like when you when you have all of everything, the enjoyment, you know, if you, if you gobble it up all at once, then you didn't have that pleasure of enjoying it along the way. And right. really, once you, go, once you go past holding hands, that thrill isn't there anymore. <laughs> I mean, so, mm. you know, if somebody, I don't know if you remember that feeling like being in like an eighth grade when like someone accidentally bumps your knee. You know, the whole butterfly like, oh, part, the whole butterfly, because so you're anticipating. Yeah. Right. So you totally get that. But if you've already had intercourse with them and been in every position and up and side down and naked and backwards, well, right. you know, wow, you touched my knee. I'm not really too thrilled with that. That was kind of boring. So, <laughs> right, right. You know, right. Well, good sometimes answer. it takes away. Yeah. I guess a great it takes answer. away it's, from I guess from, from, from the, all from the uh, right. No, I totally agree. We actually have a caller for you. I have a caller on the sure. line who wants to present a question for you. So if we want to get the caller on the line, I think we have Ronald, is it? Yes, that's me. Hello, Hello Ronald. Good evening. Welcome to the Kicker Spot. How are you? I'm doing fine. And yourself? I'm great. We have we have a real relationship calculator on the line with us, Andrea Adams-Miller. Hello, uh, Andrea. How are you doing? Hunky-dory, Ronald. What's your question for me? Well, um, I'm a military man, and um, when I go out to sea, uh, I use the Skype and the computers, and I talk to my wife. And when we're all out to sea, everything's great. The conversation is just flowing. Everything's just great. But when I get home from being out to sea, it just changes. Everything just completely changes. It's like our conversation just dies. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so is it that she doesn't talk at all, or does it like you don't seem to have things in common when you're home? It seems like she mostly complains about things that are wrong with the house and things that are going bad with the kids. 
but um, when we we're not communicating as much. Okay, all right. So what what I'm hearing in that is that she's probably doing that where she's holding everything up. She doesn't want to stretch you out while you're away and tell you things that you can't do anything about anyways because you, you can't solve them when, when you're out. You just can't. And so when right. you come home, she's got that dirty laundry list of all this crap that she's been holding in for a really, really long time. So some of the things that you might be able to do is ask her in between times, you know, ask her, you know, hey, what, what is the most stressful thing that bothered you today and, and how did you handle it? And then, and then, and help her with it, and say, you know, gosh, I'd love to be able to be there. I know I can't really be there to help mind the kids, but gosh, I'd really love to support you with what was ever challenging to you today, and give her some permission to offload while you while you're away, because you can Skype her, and you can and you can do some things. You could probably even talk to the kids over Skype and discipline them by talking to them, you know, or at least you know give them a little lecture, and then you know maybe taking some a little bit of extra time that when you are home to give her an opportunity to have like a chunk of time, like like schedule a business meeting and say, honey, I want you to tell me everything that's been going crazy because I want to be your hero this weekend while I'm home. I'm here for you. And so let's take care of some of these things that's been holding you back and stressing you out because I'm here and I want to be your hero and then I want to be able to be your lover and your partner and I want to have a lot of fun with you. So let's take care of the business of our relationship so that we can play the rest of the weekend and that may help wow okay. this is a great idea great idea well, Ronald I think you have some good key points that you can take with you and good luck we hope that works out for I, I think that was great because I think you really allowed him to open up a platform for communication because he said the communication was missing in person yeah, and when they and they talk on Skype all the time and so they're connecting there so it's it just me that she must maybe Maybe that she's just holding back and doesn't want to bring up all that stuff while she's on Skype, and and maybe that'll help him. Uh, you know, certainly it's something that they can always try. Do you have any other questions for me? I do. Um, there was another, another Twitterer who um, asked a question: How do I handle a situation where my husband wants sex more than I do? Ooh, the refereeing of sex. It always seems like we attract. <laughs> attract a partner who wants it more or less than we do. And so that's so challenging for people. In fact, that's like the number one question I get on my website, igniteyourrelationships.com. You know, people write in questions, and, and, and that is a common one. So that's why I joke about being a referee for it. Well, part of it is, is you know, one thing, you know, I hope that she could be really excited that her partner finds her sexually attractive enough that he wants to be with her, he wants to touch her and love on her, you know, probably mm. no matter what. And so that's really exciting. So to, to to be thankful for that because a lot of partners lose interest or move on, you know, or oh take sex out of their repertoire. And, <laughs> and certainly she wouldn't want that situation. Right. But what that's she cute. could do... Yeah, what she could do is sometimes, like when he would like to have sex, but maybe she doesn't, what she mm -hmm. could do is maybe participate and have a little mutual fun play where he's able to be satisfied in such a way, either by touching or pleasure or oral, you know, something where maybe she doesn't have to have full intercourse if she's not interested. And sometimes okay. just when she plays or has fun, maybe she'll change her mind. And would want to right. engage in it as well. That's what I would have yeah. thought. I would have thought that once you get started, you may not want to. Once you get into it, you're kind of like, 
Well, I'm glad we did. <laughs> well, and a lot of times, you know, maybe he's not asking for the full, you know, you know, let's jump from the chandelier and do all this crazy stuff. Maybe right. he also just wants some pleasure and touch and, and skin-to-skin contact that feels good and that's fun. And if they can maybe get into that routine of having more fun and playing when they're together instead of being focused on the old traditional model of, oh, attraction, you know, oh, arousal, ejaculation, right. woo cigarette and, and go to sleep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Tangela, we've moved beyond that model. It's a big circular model now where anywhere on this big circle there's a level of pleasure. So maybe that's oral, maybe that's kissing, maybe it's anal, maybe it's watching him vacuum the floors, you know, whatever turns you on. Right, right, whatever (laughs) you need. That is awesome. This has been great information, um, Andrea. And for everyone listening, if you want to get more information and more um, tips because she has a slew of them. You can go to igniteyourrelationships.com. Igniteyourrelationships.com. Well, uh, I'm having so much fun. I have to have you back on here because I love discussing relationships and how to help people enhance the ones that they already have or to learn how to get into new ones. This Absolutely. Would be great. Anytime, anytime you want me to give me a call, we'll make it happen. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Andrea. And until next time, how I have now helped people put the real back in relationships. You have. Thanks so much, D'Angelo. See you later. Good night. Uh, until next time. Bye-bye. You guys, we were just talking with Andrea Adams-Miller from IgnitesYourRelationships.com. And for more information, you can definitely visit the website. She has a lot of information there. You guys are currently tuning in to the Kicker Spot as we finished up doing a salute to our heroes. Um, Hang out, you guys. We're going to take a quick break. You are now tuned in. You are now tuned in to the Chicken Spot. Spot, 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 spot. Chicken Spot. And I'm your boy, T'Angelo. Jalo, Jalo, Jalo. What's going on? I'm your host, T'Angelo, of EOCM Radio Show, The Kicking Spot, which airs Thursdays at 8 p.m. If you're interested in celebrity interviews, tune in Thursdays at 8 p.m. We have Matters of the Heart, The Celebrity Hub, premiere segment, T'Angelo Live on Book, which airs Thursdays at 8 p.m. The Kicking Spot airs Thursdays at 8 p.m. Go to T'Angelo.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm your host, T'Angelo, and you are listening to the best of the Kicker Spot. So tonight, put that down. Veronica, stop it. You're distracting me. I'm on the air right now. No, it's just distracting. That's all I'm saying. Just chill out for a minute. Can you please? Thanks. All right. I'm back. Hi. Um, You guys, <laughs> can you please be sure to head over to T'Angelo.com and sign up for the email list? Um, You want to be a part of the email blast, I mean. Um, just click the green button there, sign up, and you will be underway. And then for all your book buying needs, you can head over to TiangeloLive.com. Well, until next time, you guys, please remember to live life to the fullest. Just live. And I'm your host, Tiangelo. Tiangelo.